R-E-R. Welcome to uh, Racers Alley here, and uh, I think we're exactly on time. Uh, we're here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission, and uh, it's actually our third show of the year. Woohoo! And uh, so far, we've had some great guests. Uh, this year, I'm going to kind of try and uh, change things up a bit, uh, pay a little bit more attention to the show, so to speak. Uh, I guess it's been uh, over two and a half years, so I guess I'm serious about staying here, because I've always kind of just kind of wondered but anyhow uh boy let's see today we're gonna have a uh, race pace motorsports uh, give us a, a holler i think it's oscar and uh he's gonna let us know what's going on they do uh track services and uh, it'll be great to hear exactly uh, what's going on over there i think they're out of san jose so race pace motorsports is gonna give us a holler around 6 30 something like that and uh, a little bit later in the show today uh we're gonna have dave moss tuning uh again uh these names that i give you these are great uh, uh track day you know support and the great businesses you want to they're all independent you want to definitely uh give them a holler and support and dave moss uh, tuning uh basically uh if you do track days, you start doing more track days, you're going to notice that they're kind of going backwards a little, the bike's feeling a little funny. Uh, what do you do? Back in the old days, you'd either read a magazine, ask your friend, or change something until you crash and go backwards on the uh, suspension. But anyway, uh, what you want to do nowadays is give a suspension uh, tuner a call. And luckily, we have Dave Moss here, and uh, he'll give us a holler uh, around 7, 7.30 and let us know exactly what's going on as far as uh, where he'll be and uh, what his schedule will be as far as the track days and races out there. So, uh, yari yar. Anyways, uh, talking about that, AFM is going to be uh, coming out here in March, so there's going to be their first race. I will get you uh, the schedule in a little while. So, the first race is going to be over at Button Willow. And uh, like I said, AFM is going to have a fun time out there. As far as other racing goes, um, as the show progresses, I'm going to start working on uh, getting more clubs here. Uh, you know, uh, just recently, as far as our guests go, you know, I had uh, Classic Superbike Racing. Uh, uh, Kevin give us a holler and uh, let us know what's going on. They're kind of... Um, I guess connected with the AFM, they do pre-82 bikes, so I'll get into more about that a little bit later. Also, we have the Track Days, uh, Track Days, D-A-Z, uh, those boys are down south, uh, Dustin gave us a holler, and also, again, he let us know about uh, what's going on with their schedule. I want to get more and more motorcycle uh, organizations giving us a holler, support services giving us a holler, and uh, letting us uh, letting us uh, know about what they do. That way, our listeners here can uh, get as much help as they need and also support the local boys. Yar, yar. So, uh, that being said, uh, that was our first show. We had the Classic Superbike Racing Association and uh, the Track Days Boys, so that was really, really nice. Uh, last week, uh, we had Hawk Mazzotta Motor Camp. In. Hawk Mazzotta is a name, uh, if you, you know, early race in, a, in a, well, in the 90s. But uh, anyhow, Hawk Mazzotta is a badass. He now runs a moto camp, and uh, we'll get into that again a little bit later. But uh, it's great. You know, he runs it for kids, women, and uh, uh, dudes as well, uh, various classes and courses. And what's really, really cool is he actually supplies the moto gear and the uh, and the bikes. So it's always really nice to go out there, and uh, all you have to do is get on turnkey. Fun type of stuff. Anyhow, uh, yeah. And everyone knows if you uh, motocross, uh, you will be a better street rider. It's, it's just a fact. You know, you are. Anyhow, uh, also on our second show last week, we had Fun Track Days boys here. Fun Track Days, D-A-Y-Z. And uh, last year we had uh, Augie here, and uh, he gave us a rundown of the year's events. And uh, this year we had uh, Tyler Papaclutch McFalls. Uh, that must be a part Greek uh, 
I guess Scottish last name. I said that last week. I have to ask him. But anyhow, uh, he's an instructor out there, Tyler, and uh, Fun Track Days uh, came by. And uh, I will go over their schedule a little bit as well. And uh, something I did forget to mention was um, I saw on the Facebook, uh, Facebook book, they had new leathers for the whole crew. So that's really, really neat. Uh, I guess it's uh, Comet Racing. I, I, I asked Augie about it, and he said Comet, Comet C-O-M-E-T, uh, racing uh I guess, uh, made their custom leathers and also their logos. And apparently the logos are printed on the leathers, and they look really, really sharp. So uh, next time I get a hold of the boys, uh, I'll have them uh, give a holler out to Comet. And actually, I might get a hold of Comet and see if he wants to call in. And, uh, you know, uh, for all of us out there with leathers, it's nice to know who can make them, who can fix them, that type of stuff, and uh, go from there. So anyhow, uh, welcome back to uh, Mutiny Radio, or Racer's Alley here. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'll have a... Oscar, I believe, from Race Pace Motorsports calling in around 6.30, and then and after that, around 7, 7.30, uh, uh, between 7 and 7.30, uh, Dave Moss is going to be giving us a holler as well. Milk Crate Brian's here, and uh, you know, uh, we're going to have some new tunes running, and it's always great, because when Milk Crate's here, we have, you know, a variation of uh, great music, and uh, stuff that I've never heard of, or actually, you know, own, uh, because I don't really have a record collection, so it's always nice that he's actually running real vinyl, and, uh, you know, such a great variety of music as well. So that's always cool. Yar, yar, how you doing, Milk Crate? Doing yep. excellent. How about you, Alex? Good. Uh, just getting in on Thursday. Pamtastic's here, and uh, she's on her way. Hey, Pam, yar! Pamtastic is our captain here, and uh, she's actually heading out tonight to uh, Castro Valley Inn uh, to do some comedy, which is really, Very really nice, cool. Very nice, Pam. Yeah, yar. <laughs> yeah, ought to be fun. So anyhow, uh, Milk Crate, what do we got, uh, what do we got rolling? We're going to take a little break here at Meetney Radio while I get uh, our show together here and uh, Racers Alley welcomes you for listening and uh, Milk Crate what do we got? Well I just grabbed the first record out of my bag so we're going to start with a little bit of Queen and do yeah. you're my best friend because Alex you're my best friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to Racers Alley yeah totally like I, I always said you know one of the best things about you know, comedy
are. Thanks, Bill Quaid, for running the last couple of tunes. Uh, yeah, we had a, actually like a little green 45, which is pretty cool. It's always nice to see real vinyl out there. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Milk Crate's been in the tunes, and uh, Wade just showed up. Wade Boyd, Subculture Racing. Yar, yar. How you doing, Wade? Doing good. Good, yeah. good, good. Awesome, awesome. Dude. It's uh, very nice out here today in uh, San Francisco. That's where Mutiny Radio is located. We're actually in the heart of the mission. And uh, yesterday, it was actually hailing. You boys get uh, get caught up in any of that? Oh, I got a storm. No, I didn't get any of that. But it's sunny today. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was like uh, over our friends, the Wakemans in Santa Rosa. It was actually white. You can actually see wow. almost look like snow. So that was kind of crazy. Uh, hopefully none, uh, no motorcyclists got caught up in that. And uh, you are. Anyhow, uh, welcome back to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, Yara, Pam was in here earlier. Uh, great to see her. She's the captain of our ship here at Mutiny Radio. And uh, she's going to be going to a show tonight at the uh, Castro Valley Inn, which is really, really cool. So a nice open mic for her. Yay! Have a great show. And, uh, well, you know, Pam runs the place here. And uh, we are very, very lucky to still be going, especially with all this COVID and such. And uh, Mutiny Radio during the day, you know, there's a lot of slots. You know, we, run, we have the slots on Thursday from... Uh, 6 to 8 p.m., but uh, there's a lot of other uh, different shows out there uh, during the day and during the week. So uh, feel free to listen. And, uh, you know, uh, during the COVID, uh, a lot of our shows couldn't make it here live. So it, it kind of hurt us uh, financially. So, you know, you can always donate uh, through uh, Meet Any Radio on Venmo. That always helps uh, keep us afloat and uh, help Pam out a great deal. I think we just got some uh, new mics and such. Uh, we we did. She just did uh, some work on the studio, which helps out a great deal. You know, makes us all uh, happy and keeps the uh, studio running nicely. And uh, as far as uh, Pam goes, uh, you know, it's always nice. She's always trying to help out comedians. You know, and uh, Mondays they do the comedy workshop here at six p.m. So if you want to be an upcoming comedian, learn how to, you know, uh, be on stage and uh, write jokes, that type of stuff, you know. Come here, Mutiny Radio, Heart of the Mission, and uh, Mondays between uh, 6, uh, I think 6 or 7, I think it's an hour or so, uh, on her comedy workshop. Yar. So uh, earlier, uh, I was mentioning, uh, we're going to have Race Pace Motorsports call in around uh, 6, 3, 7, hopefully, and uh, Dave Moss just uh, got a hold of me on text, so he's going to call between uh, 7 and 7.30, I believe, so that'll be great. And uh, Wade, uh, Yar, you just mentioned you have uh, some news for us. Uh, Race season is starting, and uh, yeah, so how's it going? Yeah, um, it's going good. Uh, I got a, the ARMA schedule, um, which they just had a, the rolling road or whatever. And, you know, um, I, they got uh, – Rolling road, yeah. That's yeah. Back East ARMA, uh, for our listeners out there, they're the uh, American Historical Road Racing Motorcycle Association. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah hard to say. It, it is a mouthful. Yeah, but uh, ARMA's been around for uh, quite some time, and uh, they race basically, I think, uh, back east and uh, here, right, Wade? Yeah, they, they kind of work their way around. Um, they do a bunch of races um, back east, but they have three races out west here. So they come out for, they got Willow Springs, the big track, um, on uh, June, whatever, six twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. mid June. Willow Springs <laughs> out here for our listeners. That's out in the Mojave Desert, uh, down Southern California. Wonderful track. Uh, one of the fastest tracks they say. A uh, little bumpy out there. Uh, I love it. Uh, I've actually uh, uh, ran that back in the nineties, and uh, it's uh, Wade's run it quite a few times with the SRA and motorcycles, I believe, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Willow Springs in June. Yeah, uh, they got two of them back to back. 
which I don't see on, on my map here. <laughs> <laughs> so you can look it up on the Arma on the yeah. website, uh, but they do run. And Willow does have more than one course, I believe. Yeah, they got the Streets of Willow and the Big Track. Okay. So totally so two different tracks. Two different animals. Yeah. Nice. Totally. Look. Uh, one's definitely uh, uh, definitely smaller, uh, less top speed, and uh, well, actually, yeah. they're both physical. Yeah, you uh, can you can just get over a hundred on a little track. The big track, you're gonna do a hundred, hundred <laughs> plus, whatever you got. Plus. Yeah, um, I love that course, and uh, so that's cool. So Arma's definitely gonna be here in uh, in uh, June, and uh, you yeah. mentioned they might be doing. Since they're here all at once, they're going to do a few races? Well, there's gonna d I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to go back and do another one. But in July, they have Laguna Seca. Ooh, nice. Uh, Laguna Seca is a world-known track here over in Monterey. Uh, if, if, if you guys uh, watch motorcycle racing, you've seen it. You know, so yeah, that's, that's so awesome. So everybody will be there. Um, they luckily, they like sidecars. So we, r we ride sidecars and two wheels. Um, so we got a couple um, old bikes we're going to try also. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Subculture Racing. Uh, Subculture Racing uh, with yeah. Eric Lindauer. Uh, yeah. You guys have a Moto Guzzi as well. And yeah, Moto Guzzi. I got an RV F400. Ooh. Uh, and then we're building two Suzuki's um, GS1100s for Australia. And I, I was told it's cheaper to run them there. Uh, then to do a track day, it's like well, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> well, you got to get to Australia. Uh, would that be on the, the January races uh, in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that that's the uh, uh, world. What, what, they, what do they run out there? They they go over there. Uh, they run their own rules. It's thirteen hundred cc limit. Um, nobody runs kind of limit like that. So they got the big bikes out yeah. there. Yeah. Nice. So uh, you have two two bikes out there. You're getting ready for the January races, but uh, uh, more importantly, closer, you're going to be running the sidecars and uh, uh, the Moto Guzzi and the RVF 400. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you know, let's hope uh, you know we'll get more racing uh, back uh, as COVID as a. Uh, People get, I guess, vaccinated and stuff, get the world back to normal. We can actually get more racing back to normal, which is great. Uh, this year, uh, in Racers Alley, uh, trying to, you know, uh, step it up a little in uh, each each uh, show, you know, have folks from the industry and especially promote who's out there, who's racing, who's in business. That way we can all keep them, uh, keep them afloat because uh, hopefully next year we'll return and everything will go 100%. But uh, right now... We just want to, you know, support who's out there, and uh, especially if you're racing, get out there and go racing. Um, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's tough. So the Northwest 200, or uh, the Southern 100, just got canceled. Uh, the, the Manx just got canceled, along with the, the TT's already been canceled, but the Manx and the Southern 100 are now uh, next year. Yeah, so the Isle of Man so has been put off for yet another year. Yeah, and uh, one of the races we were trying to do Arm, Ar Armoy, um, they're struggling to try to pull it off, and good luck. Well, they sure wouldn't accept us now. So same thing. We got to do that next year. Yeah. So look, <coughs> yeah. So just uh, keep on plugging away and uh, yeah. get our stuff together, and yeah. hopefully we Daytona can do it. Daytona is happening right now, and so Michael uh, um, Dunlop is over there, and so oh, I read that. Y all you guys should come over and visit and we got big racetracks and they're all open <laughs> that'll be great to, to, <laughs> a to big country amazingly big country well yeah 
we're hoping, actually, uh, I heard from uh, Pedro Vargas Valdez uh, regarding the International Tourist Cup and the uh, San Pedro Martir Hill Climb. Um, things are easing up a little bit down south of the border. Uh, hopefully, Mexico will clear up as well, and we can do some racing down there. I know, um, again, like the TT, you know, our races uh, down south were canceled last year, and uh, hopefully uh, this October we'll be able to get the yeah. International Tourist Cup and back the, uh, on schedule. Yeah, and the San Pedro Martir Hill Climb uh, back on schedule. And so like I said, it really comes down to, you know, uh, how the situation goes with everyone and getting a uh, I guess uh, giving them COVID shots or whatever, but uh, we all want to go and itching to go racing, and which is really cool. Right now, the AFM are running, and uh, they're going to have their first race here this month, which is really really cool. And uh, from there, like I mentioned earlier, track days are going on. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, track days uh, down in Buttonwillow. You know, I think their next day is going to be on April 26th, so that's nice. Uh, folks out there are running still, and. Uh, very very important you know just keep on plugging away and uh, yeah. go from there so anyhow uh that being said um moto camps you know hawk mazada uh was on our show last week and uh, he mentioned uh you know having a outdoor camp uh, basically kids women and guys can run classes he has uh he has uh motorcycles and the gear which is always cool to go somewhere and have a plug you know just to show up have everything set for you so you can go out there and have some fun so that's, yeah. a, that's a very very cool and um, I forgot to mention uh, earlier that uh, on March 20th, he's going to have his Backyard Burner Series. So that's going to be really fun. I think got uh, got to register now. You know, places are filling. But he's going to have a six-race series out there, uh, Backyard Burner Series. So it should be a lot of fun, and uh, weather should be great. And, uh, yeah, especially out there in the dirt, uh, all tacky. Uh, all ought to be really, really cool. And so. that's Milk Crate Brian's birthday, March 20th. So Ooh, go hard. on out and do a burnout <laughs> for Milk Crate. Mm, do some wheelies and burnouts right on. We'll have to figure something out, yeah. Milk Crate. All right, well, let's take a little bit of a break here right before uh, Dave Moss. I'm sorry, uh, Race Pace gives us a holler uh, next half hour or so. So let's take about five minutes, get some music on. And uh, Milk Crate, what do we got going? Well, up next, we got the replacements on deck with 16 Blue. And then after that, I'm thinking mm, maybe... Uh, a little cheap trick. <laughs> right on, right on. Thank you for listening to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. <laughs> things 
Welcome back to Racers Alley here at uh, Mutiny Radio and Heart of the Mission. All right, so we were mentioning track days earlier, and I just looked it up here. Uh, our boys, uh, let's see here. Track days, uh, D-A-Z, uh, D-A-Y-Z, uh, D-A-Z, track days. Got to get them all right. So anyways, they're going to be at Buttonwillow this weekend, uh, 13th and 14th. And uh, uh, fun track days, they're actually going to be the same weekend as the AFM. AFM is going to be over at Buttonwillow, and uh, fun track days is going to be at Thunder Hill. So, uh, very nice to get out there and run around and uh, get your bike all sorted. I think, uh, well, you know, you get rusty and uh, after not being on a bike for a while. Luckily, we're we're better than those folks back east where everything's snowing. But um, it's easy to forget, you know. Uh, last race of the season, you go, oh, yeah, when I'm off, I'll, you know, replace those uh, linkages, uh, you know, rear shock linkage. And here we are uh, next week's uh Next, next couple of weeks are going to be racing, and what did you forget to do? You forgot to order parts, forgot to do all that type of stuff. So it's not uncommon for a racer to be doing stuff at the last minute. So um, nice thing about track days are you can actually go out there and remember when you go out there and go, oh, yeah, I better fix that before I actually go out there and the flag drops and uh, go racing and forget about that and lose a, lose a little bit of time because there's nothing worse than going to the track and, you know, not being able to finish a race and uh, or worse yet, just uh, go home and not even do any track days at, at all because uh, first lap, you forgot to do something. So always make a list, you know, and uh, from there, uh, Work on it, right, Wade? I mean, Wade's got a million lists, a yeah. million type of bikes. So. Yeah, you nice to cross them off and go, well, that one's done. Yeah, big old board. Yeah, that's, that really is nice talking about that. Um, make something that you can see. Cause I got a I, chalkboard in my garage. There you go. And then yeah. I write everything down I need to do, and I cross it off. And yeah. it's a nice conversation starter when someone comes and visits at the garage. They're like, oh, I see you, you know, <laughs> did your valves recently. And you're like, yep, just crossed it off. That's where all your money went. Oh, that's why we're not going out this weekend. <laughs> oh, no, I've got money coming in. I just sold one of my dirt bikes, Alex. Ooh. I sold my blue TTR 250 with a plate on it to a nice gentleman from Sebastopol. So he's going to be enjoying that. So well, that's a if really you see bike. someone driving it, don't knock them out thinking they stole Milk Crate Brian's bike. <laughs> we sold it. Did you keep the milk crate or extra on it? He uh, asked me to take the milk crate off. (laughs) But he left on my milk crate crate colt sticker, which is the sticker from my garage. If your bike has ever worked out on in my garage, I usually (laughs) tastefully put one under the seat where you can't see it, along with the date and the mileage. Um, This one is on full display on the outside, though. So you rode that bike for a little while, didn't you, Alex? Weren't you? The blue one with the knobby tires, and you put the mirror on it. The, 220, the uh, 225? Or 250, yeah. 250. Yeah. yeah, I think I touched that at one point. Yeah, you were riding that for a couple weeks, if I remember. You had a big smile on your face. <laughs> well, I love there the little go. bikes. They're really, really great. You know, it's a mountain bike with a motor, and uh, whoever bought it is going to have a great time up north. I mean, they're a great trail bike, and, uh, you know, got a button. Really, really easy Yeah, it's to got a around. button, so you don't have to kick it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had a, the KLR uh, 250 for a second, and oh, uh, that, that was really, really neat, uh, water-cooled. And, uh, yeah, you can definitely zoom around, mountain bike with a motor. Uh, that being said, you know, um, again, our shops are here in the city. Uh, if you need anything done, give them a holler. Tokyo Moto's out there over in Adaharo, and uh, Desmoto's out there as well right near there. And, uh, you know, if you need any uh, tires, um, Moto Tire Guy, Wade, Yar Yar, he's out there. Give him a holler. Any type of services, you know, supporting local guys. You know, uh, James over at Super Plush. Need anything done? He's here in the city, and uh, 
Well, you know, Carl's still over there at Berkeley Honda Yamaha, and uh, they sold me my first R1, and uh, they're still around. And uh, definitely go see those guys. Scott will sell you a nice bike. Uh, Yamaha, yeah. you know, R1. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of few of them from. <laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? Boy, wait, yeah, that's right. Uh, we did get a few from them. So uh, nice to see them uh, still out there running around. And, uh, again, um, hopefully you never need to, to have a problems out there. But if you do, you know, contact our friend Rich at CycleToe. You know, you can find him at 510-644-BIKE. Uh, Rich will help you out. He's over in the East Bay. And uh, if you're here locally around here in the city, uh, Chris over at CC Rider Toe, you know, he can give you uh, help as well if you ever yeah, need to. Great. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're awesome. You know, both these guys will help you out if you ever get stuck. And uh, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it's uh, good to know that you do have proper support. And uh, Chris at CC Rider Toe is over at uh, 415-334-TOES. So always nice to be able to, you know, uh, get help if you need it. Yar. Yeah. And uh, talking about that, you know, um, Molotov's uh, one of our sponsors. And uh, Milk Crate uh, does a little time over there. And, uh, Quite a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to before COVID uh, there quite frequently, and uh, I hear they're kind of uh, opening up a little for business. They're getting ready to. It seems like in the next week or two, we will be in what's called the orange tier here in California, where places can be open at 50% capacity inside, oh. and uh, the manager over at Molotov's thinks that they're going to allow people inside once it's at that capacity, because it just doesn't make a lot of sense right now with 25%. That's only going to be like eight people inside. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, exactly. And uh, you have to watch out and wipe everything down, all that good stuff. Yeah, and, it's uh, just too much, too much nice for one person uh, to do. Hopefully, we get there soon. You know, and uh, across the street, Joe Biden uh, says May. <laughs> Let's hope. Supposedly, yeah. we're all getting our vaccines by May. Everyone just wear a mask and be smart. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, uh, Berliner Berliner is across the street from Molotovs, and uh, we've been going there for years. And uh, yeah, Fantastic. so Christine is out there running, and uh, if you ever need a sausage or a hamburger Tuesdays, uh, she's across from Molotovs, grab a bite to eat, and get out there, right? Yep, away <laughs> you go. Yeah, you are. And uh, vendors, of course, we're hoping, and uh, word on the street is they'll be uh, opening up a little bit next week, so uh, we'll see how this COVID treats us, and uh, again, support your local businesses. It's important out there to, you know, um, keep everything going, especially your motorcycle shops and that good old stuff. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, let's see here. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Pam Tastic, I think she just went to she her show. She just took off for her show. So have a great show over at the Castro Valley Inn. And uh, like I mentioned, she runs Meetney Radio here. So uh, very important to uh, keep us floating. And uh, she runs her comedy shows. And on Friday, she does outdoor comedies here at uh, 7 p.m. over here in front of uh, Meetney Radio due to COVID where she has uh, chairs out in the street. And uh, for a while, you know, um, that was a big deal because uh, there was no one around outdoors. So it was really, really cool. Uh, and we see that more now in the city that uh, folks are doing a little bit more outdoor entertaining, which is great. Again, support your local folks. We are. So, uh, yeah. Anyhow, um, let's see here. Mm, should we take a little break? Let's take a little break. Yeah, and maybe we'll get a call or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks for uh, listening here. Racers Alley and Meeting Radio. Yar, Up yar. next, we got a little-known band out of Chicago named Epicycle who were popular during the Cheap Trick era. They're kind of overshadowed by Cheap Trick's popularity because there's only room for one power pop band, not two, <laughs> let alone two from the suburbs of Chicago. So this is Epicycle with Residential Area. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you? 
Check, check, check. Can you hear it in there? Check, check, check. You can hear me. back to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio. And, you know, uh, I always say we should just leave the mic on in between uh, in between uh, being live, I guess, because uh, we always have interesting uh, conversations. And I was just mentioning earlier our pal Michael Day. He used to run a couple of nice covert, uh, you know, uh, I guess backyard uh, events here in the city. And uh, those were always fun with uh, little bikes, I think, with uh, scooters and little 100s, right, right, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So anyhow, uh, I saw him on the face of a book, and uh, he was—he uh, always does, uh, you know, uh, throwback uh, pictures from, uh, I guess, uh, Supermoto days. And uh, he mentioned uh, uh, Supermoto USA. I guess uh, Brock McAllister runs that, and it's a school. So hopefully, uh, could get him on the show. Uh, he mentioned something about uh, having a race schedule here in 2021, and uh, let's get a better detail of what's going on. Uh, be really, really neat, right? Uh, I've never run a Supermoto bike. Have you, Wade? Uh, barely. I don't remember. Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Christine has a nice one, uh, yeah. but she basically goes uh, to and from work on that. But uh, for our listeners out there, basically it's a single cylinder, I guess, uh, um, 
dirt bike profile with yeah, uh, slicks. With, yeah, with slicks and, and 17 inch wheels. And it's really, want it wants to go that way. Turn around, <laughs> go that, that way, that way. Really, really fast. And uh, yeah, they usually run uh, courses, I guess, like a Streets of Willow, I imagine. And uh, uh, Sears um, Point. That and that. smaller. There's one at Sears, there's um, one at Stockton. Where everybody goes and practices that, at least. I remember that. Yeah, many yeah. many years ago, a little so track. L- little yeah. tiny go kart track. Yeah, that was a lot of fun back in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's put on some music for a second, and let me get the mic set up for Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Bill Craig. <laughs>
are. Welcome back here to Racers Alley at Beat Me Radio here in the heart of the mission. And uh, our show isn't a show until we have a little, uh, you know, little mishap with our mics or whatever. Anyhow, uh, we have uh, Dave Moss calling in. Got him on the line? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Racers Alley, Dave. And, uh, yeah, we just got together quickly, you know, the other day. I uh, was mentioning uh, with uh, our guest and uh, uh, Tyler Fun Track Days mentioned uh, you do some services. Yeah, that's been something I've been doing since 1995. 1995, wow. Uh, so basically, that far back, you were AFM, basically, uh, those, or were there track days? Uh, at that point, I was uh, living in Oregon, and I couldn't play uh, top-level rugby anymore, so I ended <laughs> up gravitating back to motorcycles found the oldest guys I could find in the paddock and fed them scotch and beer, and they said <laughs> two things. Suspension and tires. Until you get that right, horsepower means nothing. So I learned a diligent lesson over the course of the three or four events with Oregon Motorcycle Road Race Association and then started racing with Oregon and Washington, and that's really how I got started into the field. Okay, so you were up north uh, with the with the organizations. I think Wade's actually ran up there with the SRA, yeah. right? They got their own clubs. Gotcha. <laughs> so you started up north, and um, basically you learned how to tune uh, by sitting in the seat of the pants? Yeah, I uh, forced an internship with a suspension company. At, the, at that time, it was called Circuit One, Circuit. which some of the older racers may remember. And... Uh, Got to work building suspension, uh, making it fail, rebuilding it, making it fail again until I could figure out what worked for me. Um, and through getting on the podium, lots of other people asked for help, and I was more than happy to get them faster because it made racing better. Um, so for a couple seasons, that became huge for me uh, and a lot of fun. Well, you know, it... it Definitely makes someone faster, but also uh, it's very, very hard if you don't know what you're doing uh, to understand the aspects of it. And uh, to have someone actually come along and uh, explain it and help you through that, that, that's invaluable, I imagine. Yeah, it is, because we spend so much money on tires that if, <laughs> uh, if your chassis is off and suspension is off, then you're going to accelerate your tire wear by 30 to 80%. And I'm sure in your history, you've seen some tires that didn't last more than one or two sessions just ripped to pieces, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I but, mean, especially uh, with the higher horsepower bikes nowadays, it's very easy to, to turn them out there. Um, what what type of bikes did you start out with in 95? I started out with a, a pile of boxes uh, that contained <laughs> a Yamaha SDR 400. Ooh, you are, That's my what favorite. I started on. Yeah, I ran one of those for about eight years with the AFM. Uh, they're wonderful bikes. I'm, I'm actually hoping to get one uh, running again, uh, shooting for next year. Uh, Wade, Wade uh, loves the 400s as well. They're, they're great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're actually racing those in armor now. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> class. Oh, okay. Well, that's good go. to know. That way just, I can join you know, Wade. Just throw the bobber out there for you. Let you see if you catch on to that one. No, that'll be great. You know, I, I need to be able to, you know, enjoy it wherever I can go. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I actually, uh, my buddy has one, and uh, 
has some fresh head work. But the, right now, we're actually looking for one millimeter over pistons. But uh, so yeah, starting out on the 400, uh, it is like you mentioned earlier. Um, it meant a big deal because uh, it didn't have the horsepower to to really go fast on the straights, and and you you made up a lot of time going fast through the turns, and uh, a lot of that had to deal with uh, setting up your suspension. And uh, the 400s necessarily didn't have you know fully adjustable like they do today, so uh, um, there were tricks, right? Oh yeah, uh, front forks were not adjustable at all. Uh, rear shock was preload only at the time. Yes. So um, you can either be a critical thinker and find a way to multiple solutions, or you can be the ultimate adapter and ride around garbage and have God-given talent to get you to that. So there's two pathways to make it work. I just decided that uh, being a critical thinker, because I'm a pretty rubbish rider, um, <laughs> Having a handling bike made me look good. So I thought, you know what? I think I'll go that direction. <laughs> that seems like that works really well for me. Well, also, it's a confidence-inspiring. But, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, as far as uh, we all start out somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it took me a while. Yeah. It took me a couple of years to actually dial in that 400. And when I did, you know, I started becoming, uh, you know, faster and, and uh you can only go so fast. A front row type guy, but uh, a lot did have to do. And like you mentioned earlier, tire wear, uh, huge deal. If you if you're if you're spinning them, uh, you're balling them up. You know, uh, all of a sudden your 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 day goes to shit when you run you run out of your tires, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your day goes south. Uh, your credit card balance turns pear shaped. Um, yeah, things rapidly find themselves going into the wrong rotation down a black hole so yeah definitely if, if you've got a problem and you don't address it then money just disappears incredibly quickly plus your confidence disappears at about the same rate because the bike just won't handle it all well there's nothing worse than losing confidence you know and, and, and you go out there a few times, you, you, you almost just start going backwards just because of that, you know. And, uh, yeah, you got to definitely have a lot, a lot of trust in your bike. And uh, what do you, how, how do you feel nowadays with the, with the newer generation of motorcycles? I mean, obviously, you know, the 600s nowadays have, you know, power like our 1000s did in the 90s in a sense. And uh, whole different ballgame with suspension, uh, especially nowadays with, uh, if, uh, you know, the uh, anti-lock brake weight had some... Uh, interesting times with that you know i mean bikes are computerized and such now does that make a difference as far as uh you know uh, helping folks out on track days uh, uh with the understanding of so much out there yeah that's a great question because a lot of people think the electronic selection button is the magic pill <laughs> get out of jail Whether no crash that's the blue or the red pill it doesn't matter but they think it's going to cure everything, and it just makes things more complicated. If you go back to an old-school analog analog bike without those electronics, you really are in charge. And that brings a whole different level of appreciation for the, the skill sets you have. I mean, that's, that's something when I started with AFM in 2000, we were all analog racing. It was a really even playing field, but today, between slide control, wheelie control, race abs um all the other software you can put in for multiple traction levels based on 
level of lean, amount of force in the tire, uh, what your actual corner speed is, and then all of that can be GPS-driven as well. No it's kidding. incredibly complicated. Well, you know, um, yeah, you almost kind of need another guy with you to sit there on the computer while you go out and do your laps. You know, um, What's your advice to folks like that? I think when everybody comes and says, what bike should I buy? They buy an old one. <laughs> because it's uncomplicated. Well, you know, it I... It doesn't run. There's a couple of... There's only a couple things you need to go look at. You have sparks. You have fuel. <laughs> that makes it much easier. That is true, you yeah. know, and, and, and in, in a sense, I do see that happening. Uh, you know, uh, we just recently had the... Uh, the uh, classic superbike racing boys here, and uh, you know, Arm is still out there as well. And uh, you know, uh, I believe the CRA down south is starting up as well. And you can buy a nice '80s bike, uh, '90s. Well, '80s for the older boys, you know, need a little bit more work. But uh, you can find '90s uh, uh, race bikes. You know, uh, those that survived the '90s, and uh, you know, have a relatively cheap bike uh, compared to buying a 2000 more expensive. I imagine, uh, you know. Um, Especially the, the the newer computerized fully everything bikes uh, like wait it's got the R one there thousands you know. of dollars exactly and uh, yeah it's crazy money I mean realistically you can go up to right around fourteen and buy an analog bike no problem six hundred or a thousand doesn't matter um, it was only after sixteen that I think manufacturers realized re redeveloping the bike is definitely not the way to go but printing a circuit board is really cheap. So if you can add some sensors that don't cost a lot of money, taking all the configuration that you're using day in, day out at the world level and put that into your bike, that's a really small investment on a production cost that has tremendous marketing costs. And in regards to the millennials that want to use their phones, they can program their bike from their phone. Wow. So in reaching a target group that's not interested at all, in motorcycles, suddenly bringing out um, both Kawasaki um, Supercharged Tourer and the latest CBR, and I think it's 4R, something like that. Those are all programmed by your phone. If you want to change your suspension settings, amongst other things, you use the phone. There is a backdoor hack that we figured out. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's the way all this development's going. So people like you and I, um, Gets Why a would we buy a bike like that? <laughs> well, I, I've been asking myself the same question. You know, uh, I'm actually going back to my '99 R1. Uh, one of the main reasons is that's because what I have. But uh, also, I mean, I know yeah. the thing inside out, and uh, it's like the 400 except a lot bigger. And uh, it's 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 basic. It has all, everything you need as far as suspension and such. And you know that that that's another question. You know, as far as um, when you go to the track and stuff, Dave, um, do you have uh, specific track days? Um, do you have uh, classes? Or uh, while you're there, if uh, someone's uh, doing the track day or racing, they can just uh, walk in between sessions? Uh, how do you communicate with the, with the local folks at the track? So on a track day um, from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., um, you can come work with me, and after every session, you come back. That's how it works at the track. For the races, um, you need to document all your settings. You need to know where you're at. 
You need to look at lap times. Do not come and bother me until you're within a second of your PB because the settings you had before that were fine, as was your tire wear. The only question there is that you've got the right pressure and your warmers are working properly. Um, so there's a standard of performance required at the track on a race weekend. Um, and then as far as classes go, I do a ton of stuff um, online as well as travel. Last year, I would travel um, quite a lot. Basically, November through March, I'd be in the Southern Hemisphere doing the same as I do here, um, but mostly classes. And then when I come back, um, hopefully, maybe next year, I'll be able to get back on the road and teach um, something that's really unique for both track day riders and racers, which is a suspension school, Ooh. where you learn and understand what each adjuster does in sequence per session throughout the day. So lots of ways to help people um six and a half million helped last year on youtube alone i think wade Great was one of them my mission <laughs> what's that I, I think i think wade was one of them i, I was i was asking wade i was like have you worked with dave moss and he mentioned no yeah, he no said i studied your video <laughs> but, but i so did this it. is wade that's got the sidecar right yeah yeah wade boyd subculture yeah, racing so you're responsible for my whole involvement in this sport sir and you will not remember me from Adam. <laughs> way, way back in the day, um, I was a monkey in your sidecar one lunchtime Whoa. at Portland, Oregon. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, you haven't. What was that? What started in this whole thing? That's great. <laughs> I got I got a few people like that. That's great. Was it a track day? What's that? It was a race weekend, and at lunchtime, the sidecars did exhibition laps, and you could pay, yeah. sit in the chair for a couple of laps and go around. Yeah. Um, and I dived in your chair, and we had a great time. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, I basically remember doing it. Um, yeah, you were one of the guys. That was a long time ago. That was yeah, you were one of the guys that wanted to go fast. But I, I, got, yeah. I, I stretch everybody's arms to begin with. Then we see what yep. they can do. That's well, your your advice was simple. Under no circumstances is there an air gap between your chest and my body. Are we clear? <laughs> wow, that's great advice. <laughs> Be on there. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, that works. Well, what a small world, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it was a great experience. I, I did that once with Wade. I think we were at a... Button Willow, Button Willow, yeah, Button Willow, uh, yeah that, that was a number, a number of years ago. But uh, I remember uh, going with Wade to a little bit of a section, and I thought we were going so fast, like, oh man, I can't believe how fast we were going. Figuring at least a hundred, like sixty, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, quite an experience, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a hoot. <laughs> Absolutely, everybody should have a go in a sidecar to understand physics, because it helped me no end understand the bike. Wow. Yeah, nice. Huge, valuable lesson. Well, I mean, you're basically, you're kind of an active suspension component, right? Kind of, sort of. I don't know. You got a bumper. That's about it. Yeah. And just like having to time the movement and the handholds, whether I'm on top of you or whether I'm on the edge of the chair, yeah. the movement around the, the motorcycle has to be timed extremely accurately but still gracefully as well 
Yeah. As to not upset the cart, is the idea of uh, to, to use the inertia in, in, in trying to, to be as smooth as yeah. possible? Or? It's a high-speed high ballet. Yeah, at this point, the greatest athletes in the world, you don't see them do a whole lot. So when you watch motorcycle races at the top level, the timing is perfect, but their movement is elegant and graceful. The only ex- exception to that was Pedrosa, because he was so small, he just didn't have the body mass <laughs> and weight to do that, so he would slightly hip-check the bike. But everybody else, um, the timing of that movement is to let the bike do what it's good at, and you just do what you need to do to get the bike to go where you want it to go. Yeah. Outside of that, if you can be minimalist in your in- invasiveness in the motorcycle's handling, then all the components can do their job properly. Yep. Exactly. I mean, smoother is less wear in, in the end, uh, I imagine. Yeah. Um, however, would you say that for like uh, the, uh, the, what was it back then, the Muzzy Kawasaki ZX-7? I think that was a, a, a heaping handful or a 502 stroke of a Kevin Schwantz. I, I imagine he had to manhandle those bikes. Yes, they did. Um, I was fortunate enough to ride a TZ-750 at Phillip Island Ooh. in the classic. And that... Uh, Yes, it's managed violence. <laughs> how, do you, how do you cope with a massive smack like that of power, wheel spin, and coordinate all of that and time it appropriately so that you can continue corner to corner to corner to eventually complete the lap? So growing up riding that type of bike really allowed you, I think, to understand what to do and when to do it. Yeah. But also, don't be clumsy. <laughs> yeah, can't be ham-fisted. Now, with all this modern stuff, where you can be an idiot, and the electronics takes care of you. Yeah, I, I never really liked that part of it. Uh, you know, you can you can buy a little bit of safety there. But like you're mentioning the 750 and such, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're, you're handling a, a, a huge amount of power, and like you mentioned, almost so violently, and... Uh, uh, I think that's part of the fun of it. I, you know, I, I was uh, watching yeah. a video the other day, and uh, the New ZX-10R, uh, one of the boys, uh, it might have been uh, uh, Ken Hill. But anyway, it, he said it was almost like an electric bike. And uh, to me, I mean, uh, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, but uh, I, I tend to like a, you know, a little bit more uh, lively uh, bike, so to speak. But I've uh, never been on a 750TZ, and I think Wade had one at one point in a sidecar. Yeah, I got to ride in Australia. A sidecar. Um, yeah, it's an overgrown 125. You just can't, you can never shut off. Yeah, you got to work, work it in between. You got to keep the R's up and, and, and just yep. go. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really, really easy. So Everyone can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you break it, and you, and you make the corner, and then you keep going, and it's like, you got to keep the R's up. It's, it's like a 125 or a control wheel spin at that point. Yeah. Well, have you heard of a uh, Wade's? Have you have you heard of a uh, Wade's DTR one, uh, Dave? Uh, it's a it's a miler bike. Uh, I, I've seen um, and heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's kind of controlling uh, nothing but wheel spin uh, all over the place. It's that's a different way of going and, about it, and a different different category. Yeah. Two different animals. Yeah. Even though they should be together in the same race and everything, um, 
but <laughs> so so when I rode my sidecar in Australia, it was it was what what is it, what would this be like running against a TZ seven fifty? Because my car had one, and, and everybody said uh, that's the one. Um, so I ran across, um, or actually three of them, but um, I had top end on them, but they would out corner me. <laughs> the weight? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I made up the difference, and somehow um, we won. It was uh, their their fast guy, uh, Doug. Um, against us, he he didn't finish the last race. Somehow we won, <laughs> and and he still won. It was the race was between us. He won, I'd win one. We were going back and forth, but anyhow, um, they're yeah, pretty. They're pretty. We raced our four hundreds against LGV five hundreds, which was ludicrous. <laughs> we beat them. Wow. So uh, we Dave beat them because we could get through the corners. <laughs> ah, that's great. Oh, the corners that matter. So, Dave, you went to that, – that's the Phillip Island Classic, right, guys? Yeah. So you both have been to the yeah. Phillip Island Classic. Wow. Uh, what year what, yeah. what year were you there, Dave? I think it was 15 or 16. Okay. Wade, when, when yeah. were you there? Um, 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 almost uh, all of them. <laughs> um, okay. So I was going to say, what – which ones did you miss, Wade? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there were only That's a handful. the other way around. Um, I, I, well, now now we've missed a couple. Um, but I did like six of them. Sure. I've been there six years. Holy moly. Okay, I, I didn't know what was going on that long. That's great. Yeah. Because yeah, you've run the, the, the TZs and Nortons. Did you, did you take a 400 out there or not? Yeah, I took my 400. Uh, that, I took that the first year I went. And I ran that in the challenge. They let me ride in the challenge. And I was on the other side of the track. And some, and yeah. And then the next year, I, I rode my, uh, I rode a 1,000. And then I rode, anyhow. And then I rode a KZ. And um, the KZ wasn't fast enough. And, and so now they're taking the guys off the back because you're keeping up with the program. So it's getting a bit more popular and a faster race altogether. Yeah. yeah. Dave, what type of 400 did you take? The FCR? Uh, I, uh, I was given about, I was given the TZ 750 to race. Okay. Nice. nice. <laughs> you know, you don't get to say yeah. that too often and you don't get to ride one of those too often. So that, you know, that's, that's definitely a story of a life. Sure. I'll ride one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was damp as you'll remember way pretty much the weather's such a crap shoot there. There was wet patches all over the place my first time out on the bike. It was <laughs> a nail biter. Very interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I call that pucker time for sure. Wow. Great. So, uh, Dave. Uh, well, you uh, oh, yeah. So, anyhow, Dave, I was going to ask you um, what's coming up next as far as uh, your schedules here? Because I know uh, a bunch of track days are going on and uh, AFM starting back up again. Uh, Arma's, uh, according yep. to Wade's, Arma's coming back in. Yeah, I've got, uh, this weekend is Carter's at Thunder Hill for three days, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, then go back offload, reload, and then go down to Button Willow, so I'll be racing Open Twins um, with a hybrid bike that we built, which is a 748 with a 1098 motor in it and an 848 Evo swing arm, so that's going to uh, have a run out at Button Willow, and then I'll be taking... Um, 
My 600 that has a dead cylinder, so it's a 450 because all the 400s died. So we reinvented that class. I've um, heard about six, that. Yeah, that's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the guy behind I'm that. Guilty. That's amazing. Yes. So basically, myself and Dave Wallace. Wow. So you have a let's say I have a ZX6R and I unplug one cylinder and that will be in a 450 Superbike class. 450 period because it's three cylinders mathematics um <laughs> if you have to have a fuel injected bike so you take the fuel injection out just the injector you fill it with brake fluid and vacuum cap the end plug it into the harness and the ecu knows no better and it doesn't hurt the engine at all incredible so, <laughs> what will i think of next came from guys. the kiwis <laughs> because they had too many kids were getting hurt because all you had was a 400 a 40 horsepower through to a 600 at 120 a so big curve. there was a lot a lot of carnage so the kiwis went well stop this let's unplug a cylinder and see what happens so once they figured out the electronics piece of that then you've got a kid that goes from a 400 gets big enough physically and anatomically to move on to a, a 450 at 70 to 77 horsepower and then if they're good enough they can plug that cylinder back in and go to 110 so one bike one kid one family nice show me what you got and uh, like you said uh, he can advance into the 600 later on uh, you know a season or so later and yeah. have the bike dialed and all that good stuff wow that that's yeah. great <laughs> so you're going to be an and, open uh, twins yeah, I'll be in open twins with a Ducati and then back on my 450. The big thing that attracts most people to the 450 project is that you've got 70 to 80 horsepower in a chassis that can arguably handle 130. So you can do really, really crazy corner speeds with that bike because the chassis is under stress. Ah, makes a lot of sense. So, uh, so would we you... got down to 157s at Thunderhill. So we're cooking. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So you're going to be at the first AFM. I, we're hoping to make it. I'm talking to Wade. Um, I actually, um, I had an idea about um, starting to air the road races. Uh, I, met, I, I mentioned that yeah. to uh, Paul Kiefer uh, with the Yeah, AFM. was at the board meeting. Oh, great. Okay, so you kind of uh, understand the idea here. And uh, for Racers Alley, I think it would be great uh, during our show yeah. uh, to have like a 15-minute segment where we – uh, Milk Crate normally runs music to run, like you mentioned, the 450 or 600 Prodi class. And, you know, throughout the month, run everyone's races because uh, everyone loves to hear that sort of stuff. Who doesn't? And also, you know, promote the club and promote the sponsors who help out the club, that type of thing. So uh, we're just going to try and wrap our heads around it to see how, in fact, we can record it. And uh, once I can do that, we can bring it into our studio and, and plug her in. So uh, definitely look forward, uh, and hopefully we'll see you at Button Willow. We're, gonna, we're working on that. But if not, for sure, uh, uh, the next month for sure. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But um, I think this is great, David. I'd definitely like to have you back on the show again. Uh, definitely got a lot more to talk Thank about you. once I get my head around uh, the 600 and the twins because, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have more to talk about. And uh, this is really, really great. And uh, thank you for coming on our show and uh, calling in. We got the uh, – yeah. we, we, we're, we're able to get the phone to work. Milk Crate uh, sorted us out here. He runs uh, runs our studio here, and uh, it's great. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, thanks very much for uh, giving me some time on the show. Great to – 
to hang out and chat and have fun and go through some uh, memory blasts from way back <laughs> when. Uh, and I yeah. appreciate very much um, being able to bring suspension down to something that isn't so, so boring and way, way above somebody's pay grade and make it a lot simpler. Well, you know, it's great now that we have that opportunity because back in the old days when we were starting in the 90s, there really wasn't a whole lot of that going on. Maybe read about it in books. So it's really, really cool to have you on the show, Dave, and uh, definitely going to have you on again, have a lot more to talk about, especially with the 400s and such. So you gave us some gave us some topics in the future, and um, I'll be uh, definitely uh, letting folks know about your services and uh, the upcoming race. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Right on, Dave. All right, guys. Thanks to see you. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks, thanks Dave. Dave. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you all very much. All right. See have a great month. Right on. We'll see you at AFM. For right sure. On. Yeah. <laughs> Great, what do we got going? Oh, we got a little M83. Let's try them out. All right, Racers Alley at Mini Radio. Just got done with Dave Moss. Thank you very much, Dave Moss Cooney. There we are. Cheers.
was ding-a-ding-dang, mike dang along ling long Welcome back to Races Alley here at Mutiny Radio. I'm sitting here going over with Milk Crate and Wade, uh, you know, our upcoming schedules and what we're doing with the show. And I go, why am I not on the air? Because all I'm going to do is talk about it here in a second. So, anyhow, um, again, I want to thank uh, Kevin McGee. He called uh, uh, last week uh, with the Classic Superbike Racing Association and uh, gave a shout-out earlier. Uh, the first race for those boys, uh, it's going to be pre-1982 inline-four uh, bikes. I think, uh, what, 1,900cc, maybe? Yeah. yeah, something like that, 1,000cc. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, their first race is going to be uh, AFM Round 3. Uh, and uh, Round 3. Round 3, so uh, Button Willow. And um, you mentioned on Saturday night there's going to be a, a little bit of a, a nice celebration. So uh, that's always nice. We mentioned earlier that uh, it's always nice to be at the track and stay there after races, even at the track, even a track day. Because, you know, the, uh, the the folks that stay there tend to have a nice little uh, party, barbecue, that type of thing. Yeah. So it's always nice to hang out at the track if you're racing uh, on Saturday night, that type of thing. Uh, events go on. So the Classic Superbike Racing Association, their first race is going to be AFM Round 3. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to be at Button Willow. So uh, we'll definitely uh, – I'll be, uh, you know, letting you know about that uh, 
before it happens. And yeah, also I wanted to mention uh, earlier, um, Tyler uh, came in with fun track days to let us know about the next track day, which is actually going to be on uh, Button Willow on the 20th and 21st. Um, I mentioned Comet Racing Leathers. Uh, they got their leathers uh, custom made for the whole crew. Augie talked about it. So uh, I'm going to give them a holler, see uh, if uh, they can come on the show and let us know uh, uh, what they do with leathers, if they repair them or not. And uh, I know Wade just had some custom made not too long ago, so we got to get them boys on because uh, racers need leathers. So uh, let's get some folks on here and let us know about the repair and uh, custom made uh, leathers, that type of thing. Yar. And uh, lately, I was mentioning the Sunday morning ride is uh, on again. And... Uh, I guess uh, someone open for breakfast, huh? Yeah, William Tell is going to be open. <laughs> yeah. So Sunday morning ride, you know, during the COVID, I guess the the what was it the stagecoach in what they used to go to back in the day? They they end up closing down due to COVID, right? Yeah, and the, they their rent got tripled and whatever they got greedy, greedy landlords. Yeah, yeah so they got busted. Uh, they supposedly going to go down the street back to the old place, and it's a small building, not quite big enough, and. But now we've been trained to go farther, and so William Tell is where we're at at 9 o'clock at Tamales. <laughs> it's always nice to have a good breakfast after a ride, and it's nice to see the Sunday morning ride boys getting fed again. And like I said, we always like to uh, advertise and support our local businesses, and uh, Tamales Bay has a lot of nice little uh, areas there, and uh, get some nice breakfast at William Tell. Yeah. <laughs> yar yar right on so uh, again i'll go over the uh, race schedules uh, as i get them uh, get more folks in here uh, dave moss was in earlier uh, and uh, i'm gonna give uh, carters at the track day a holler see if they want to tell us what's going on since he's going out there it's always nice to make sure um, we get everyone on the show and let us know, let all our, our riders and racers know what's going on because uh uh, it seems to me nowadays, most weekends, that there's something going on. So if we can uh, shout it out, you guys can hit it. Yar. And uh, also, important, uh, Oxymoron Photography, Max Klein. If you're out there at the track and you got someone taking pictures of you, uh, it might be uh, Max with Oxymoron. It's always, always great to actually have proof that you were out there, especially if you touch your knee. Nothing like being sitting there at, uh, well, back when you had a cubicle to sit in, to have a picture to uh, get the day going through. And uh, Max Klein will do it for you. There's nothing harder than sitting out there. Uh, ask our turn workers at the AFM or any turn workers at the track days or organizations. They're out there in the hot all day making sure you have a great day. And uh, Max is out there with them taking pictures in those same corners. So uh, thank everyone out there who supports track days, uh, racing days, AFM. Arma, um, all those folks are out there to make us have a great time, you know, support services. Again, um, Dave Moss is helping you out there with tuning and uh, race based motorsports. Um, yar, yar, I'll get a hold of them. You know, it's not the first time we've uh, mis missed a uh, connection here on this show. It surely won't be the last, but uh, definitely know uh, we'll have them on the show uh, hopefully next week and uh, find out what's going on and uh, go from there. So uh, anyhow, we're going to, let's see, we got a phone call. So let's see, let's take a bet. A bet. Would that be Eric Lindauer? Or? <laughs> okay, we're going to put you on real quick, all right? <laughs> all right, we got a surprise guest. All right, well, great. Hey, it's Alex here at Racers Alley at Muni Radio. How can I help you? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Talk to you from Race Race Motorsports here. Hey, Oscar, how you doing, mate? Yeah, we were wondering, uh, might have been late. I know you run a business out there, and uh, for our listeners, uh, this is Oscar with Race Pace Motorsports. How you doing, mate? Good, good. And yourself, how you guys doing out there? 
Good. Uh, we just had a nice uh, conversation with Dave Moss Tuning. Uh, he, he goes out there at the tracks and uh, helps folks sort their bikes out uh, on track days and uh, AFM race days and such. So it's always nice to know uh, folks are out there uh, making us go faster. And uh, one of the reasons uh, got you on our show, uh, I think Tyler mentioned uh, you're out there at the track as well, helping help, uh, us racers out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the goal for me to be out there is to basically, uh, you know, educating people on tires and educating them on, you know, slicks, race tires, uh, uh, and you know, a track day tire, fifty-fifty tire, which if you want to call it, um, you know, it's telling people uh, why a slick isn't always the most convenient tire that want that, that for them to be on, why they want to be on it, you know, when it's hot versus cold. So, um, you know, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a long, hard process. Uh, sometimes you offend people when you don't mean to. <laughs> um, but that's my job is, is to do what's, uh, what's to do the right thing for, for the customer and, uh, and not for the pocket, uh, which a lot of vendors, uh, don't work that same uh, method, but, um, I'm, uh, I consider myself to be an honest person and, uh, you know, again, I always do everything that I can, uh, to make the customer have the best experience possible. Cool. Well, that, that's great. Uh, you know, especially with the expertise, I mean, uh, nowadays, uh, for our listeners out there, you know, um, as far as tracks go, track uh, tracks go, racing you can have slicks, track days you can have yeah. slicks, and you can have DOT tires. And there are a lot yeah. of different tires to choose from. And um, Oscar, I believe you're running the uh, Michelin, correct? That is correct. Yeah, I, I ran the RS's uh, Tokyo Moto. Uh, we run the Michelins there, and um, I love the tire. Uh, you know, I, actually, the, uh, their whole lineup is really, really good. And uh, as far as what you're doing there with the Race Pace Motorsports, are you uh, uh, a Michelin representative uh, mounting and balancing slicks as well as dot tires? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much uh, ra the race tire is what we specialize in. But, yeah, we can still get you your uh, your street tires. Uh, I can even get you dirt uh, super moto tires which are, we're very, very big on as well. So we pretty much can uh, do it all for you. Nice. Uh, as far as you were mentioning earlier, you know, uh, when you talk to customers, you, you recommend stuff. So um, a person on a 400 wants to buy slicks, and you mentioned, uh, well, you know, might not be fast enough for that, or the bike might just be a waste for the bike uh, per se. Uh, Nowadays, there are dot tires that you can run on track days and be able to actually go back out on the street again. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, there's different tires for different sorts of bikes and different, uh, you know, uh, different levels of talent. Um, you know, one thing like you mentioned, DOT uh, um, race tires is something that I uh, that I vouch for a lot. Um, I myself, even in, in the, the time uh, that I've spent road racing since uh, I started in 2007, I believe. As a matter of fact, well, through Dave Moss, he was actually uh, uh, the person that helped me set up my bike as far as uh, um, you know, geometry and anything basically that I needed in, in that realm. Um, I've always actually raced on, on uh, race DOTs, you know, the, uh, the benefits to it, um, uh, you know, for a lot of people that they don't realize is it's, it's a faster uh, uh, tire that gets the temperature a, a lot faster versus what slicks. If you notice, most, most people that ride slicks, they actually won't set their personal best on either A, lap five or six by the time they're done, or unless the ambient temperatures are in the triple digits and you're at Thunder Hill. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing that helps people too, when you run, uh, per se a race DOT is, um, you know, I was able to take mine off and either transfer them to my uh, street bike or 
sell them to somebody who wanted needed tires just to commute on for a hundred bucks. So there was a little bit of a return on investment. You know, um, if nice. you're out there doing twenty something on laps, then yeah, go full slick. But for us uh, club races or even track day guys, uh, race DOT works perfectly fine. That's great. Um, you mentioned earlier um, the tire heats up quicker on a DOT. So in a sense, you're not wasting lap times getting your tire up to pressure. So you have funner. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you have you have you know your 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 operating temperature of the tire comes much comes in much sooner. So sometimes you're not you know those for that first lap or two, especially when you know you're all bundled up, you're not having you know what we call the old you know SHIT moments uh, in those first couple of turns because the tires aren't quite there yet. Um, you know every tire has its benefits um, and its faults. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I like the Michelin is that, you know, we kind of fall more in the middle of, of, of the other brands. Um, but, yeah, you, you basically, everything just comes into to, to tune into paid much sooner um, than, than it would on a slick. Nice. So as far as uh, you have everything there in-house, so if, if a, a track day person uh, rides their bike there, you can do everything at the track as well as uh, in between – let's say sessions if they have questions i mean uh usually uh some of the feedback that you give them is it the tire pressures that set them back or do you send them to let's say day for suspension uh what, what's the variance as far as uh, folks coming for your advice what's the most common um so for for me tire pressure is, is very very crucial uh, one of the things that uh some people actually even if you want to say complain about that we don't have a board with tire pressures. Um, I don't believe in that um, because, I, again, I always take into consideration ambient temperature, which is very, very important. I take into consideration uh, the person's um, body weight, you know, height, that makes a big difference, their bike and their skill level. Um, all that, you know, are different variables. So, you know, what what may work for me as far as tire pressure may not work for, um, you know, uh, somebody's younger brother because he's so small and he's on this much smaller bike so it's something that i always uh tell people especially people who are new to the track i always encourage them hey you know let's run these pressures and when you're done with your first uh two or if not even three sessions come straight to me off the track and let's double check your hot pressures um uh, but uh it's it's something that we do provide at all our uh, track uh, events and even racers still to the day i still do it I'll sit at the wall and watch them come in, check their pressures, make sure everything's good, look at their tire wear. And then from there, once we have uh, tire uh, temperatures where we want and we're verifying that the carcass is at the temperature that we want, then we go ahead and uh, shoot them over to Dave Moss and make uh, whatever tire uh, or, excuse me, suspension adjustments they may need, whether they want more quicker steering, slower steering, um, you know, whatever it is that, that, that they're asking for. That's great. I mean, that that's great teamwork. Uh, again, it's it's information that a rider will learn from, and then next time he goes out, he will be more prepared as well. And it's also nice to have you know uh, Dave there tuning, or you know other services there to help out, and uh, makes the whole track day experience uh, much better. And as far as uh, racing, make you faster. Um, Oscar, actually, we're out of time right now, but I'd love to have you back on the show. I'm definitely going to have more questions for you, especially with the tires and uh, you know your support. And uh, I want to say thank you for giving Absolutely. us a holler. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I'll see you guys next time. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a buzz, and um, we'll get you back on the show real soon. And um, thank you for calling in. Thank you.
Race Pace Motorsports and Oscar, how do they get a hold of you there? Uh, you got a website? They, they can uh, call me at the shop, 408-982-3111. They can find me on Facebook, DM me, um, uh, or, you know, uh, no no web page yet, so uh, it's still be under construction. <laughs> okay, no problem, and uh, I will definitely forward whatever information I have on, uh, I guess, my Facebook book site for right now. And, of course, I'll mention you on our future shows. And um, I'll, send, I'll shoot you out a podcast as well. Uh, that way uh, you can have that for, uh, you know, anyone wants to listen in at any time. Absolutely. And, uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get a hold of you soon. Thank you again, Oscar, Race Pace Motorsports, for all your service. And uh, we'll get you back on the show soon. Cheers. Sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Cool. Right on. Uh, thanks for listening to Racers Alley here at Meet Me Radio. Yara Yara. Thank you, Wade. Thank you, Milk Crate. You're and, welcome. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be back on the air. Cheers, uh, Meet Me Radio. All right. That's awesome. So anyhow, uh, next week we'll be back at Meet Me Radio, Racers Alley, between 6 and 8 p.m. on Thursdays. And uh, again, Pam is always here uh, running uh, her comedy workshop, her outdoor comedy uh, show on Fridays. And uh, she'll be here at Asiento on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. running an outdoor comedy show. Again, you can have some great food. They got great burgers over there. And on Saturdays, you want to wake up a little bit late, get some coffee, Go to Atlas Cafe at 2 p.m. Uh, Pam Tastic will have a nice outdoor show with comedians as well, which is really cool. We try to support Mutiny Radio here uh, as much as we can. Again, uh, if you can, uh, we do take Venmo, and uh, you can always call us if you have any questions at Mutiny Radio at 415-550-0511. But uh, otherwise, uh, thanks again for listening to Mutiny Radio, uh, Racers Alley here. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as the hoi hoi on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to take it.
Black Plastic Mutiny Radio dot FM. Thank you. 